So now we're switching from prayer. What does adequate healthcare coverage look like to you? And do you imagine that improvements to our healthcare coverage can happen best at the public? Or is he? Did he mix so, so I just, his <laughs> campaign <laughs> question? <laughs> I just feel like it needs to be acknowledged that like we need to have a talk with Brian. <laughs> like, I mean, like that was such a big jump. That was huge. From prayer to adequate health care. Oh my gosh! Listen, he's and having this. Like, and then the next question is an even bigger jump. So like, right. there's that. Okay. Oh, he's, well, he's, okay. He's having us do his work for him. Exactly. And I, and I think we need to start billing him. Oh, my <laughs> billing God. his campaign. of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft-brewed pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as Reverend Shannon Meacham and Ogan Holder and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today's special guest, the one, the only, the magnificent Derek Weston. If you're ever looking for Derek, hit him up on Twitter at Derek L. Weston. And you find him in his garden, or he's taking a nap. I don't know you want to look for him there, that's a little invasive. <laughs> this film studies major turned nonprofit aficionado has worked from east to west coast, serving as pastor, community organizer, and in his current role as director of program and volunteers at Hope Springs in Baltimore, Maryland. He's an avid lover of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Star Wars, and Food Justice. Derek is endeared to his family, his wife, you might heard of her, the Reverend Shannon Meacham and their four children all have way too much energy for his introverted self. I got a new bit for the show, right? Every time Derek comes on, you write a new bio because <laughs> last last week last week you had me talk about him being handsome and now we got all this. So I think I've discovered a new bit. Yeah. There we go. Alright, Derek gets a new bio every time he's on the show. Every time Shannon's writing her husband a new bio. <laughs> well, he won't write his own bio, so I have to write it for him. There you go. All right, you can show love for our um, show uh, by becoming a supporter on Patreon. You can get in at just a mere $2 a month at the shot glass level or go for a full pint or growler. Um, help keep our show going and get you some PT Live swag and access to extended interview with special guests. And we're going to start putting pre and post show um, conversation up just for our Patreon listeners. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons, one of which is on the show today. I wish you hadn't actually said that in the recording, because now that means I got to go do it. That, that, was, that was just between us before the show started. Now I got to go do that for sure. Thank you. You can also join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, all the socials using the hashtag ptlive. Today we discuss scars, healing, and forgiveness. Again, another light week for us. You know? There you go. I love the week that I'm gone. It's like, we get to talk about ghosts. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> the weeks Listen, that I'm on, we're like, we talk about reparations and scars. <laughs> Listen, we got into some deep post-death afterlife. <laughs> Like, you, did, you know, you did. theology. I didn't actually listen to the episode. Oh well. <laughs> Which I mean, I don't normally do because I'm on it. You know. I know, but then don't, don't, don't give us a hard time for what we talked about if you didn't know what we talked about. <laughs> I do. I did listen. I did. Oh, you did. Oh, you did. I misheard yeah, you. I, I apologize. You should. I, I did. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you drinking? Well. Uh, Today was a nice and seasonably warm day up here in New England. I'm in the Boston area. It hit, I think, 79, um, probably 83 in the sun today. So I was like, oh, it's summer beer time, but it's, you know, we're fall, Oktoberfest. So I found the perfect hybrid. It is a line of Kugels, liney harvest patch shandy. So we got, we, got, oh. we got summer shandy going on, and we got the pumpkin-y, harvest-y nice. uh, stuff combination. So... That's what I got. That's so smart. All right. I have my moments. What's you drinking? So um, I am drinking a U Union Brewing Company uh, double duck pin double IPA. Hey, that fast five times. Um, I no. Um, <laughs> uh, so in in I think I would also like to add that uh, this is maybe my third or fourth union brewing beer in a row. In a row, yeah. So I'm thinking maybe it's time for union to start sponsoring PT Live. I mean- And I by think... sponsor, you mean give us beer to drink on the show. Yes, yes. that's exactly what I mean by sponsor. Reach yeah. out, you gotta you got reach out. By because honestly, if they were to give us beer, like we would save like a hundred dollars. Let's not talk about I that mean, on- I mean, uh, X, we amount, would save X, some money. X amount of dollars. <laughs> Each month. Let's not tell people how much we spend on alcohol a month. Anyway, Shannon, <laughs> what are you drinking? It might help the sponsorship for them to know that you Although, you, you you buy that much of their beer. We right. buy a lot of their beer. So yeah. Union Brewing, if you're listening. They're um, not. That's why we got to call them. Well, exactly. okay. Union Brewing, once I've harassed you enough. You know what? Yeah. We could even do a live show there because <gasps> the brewery is right around town. Okay. Man, it would be so good. So I am drinking because Derek went to the um, store. So I don't know that I've had this. It's Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. Um, Ooh, I almost got one of those today. Yeah. In collaboration with Pittsburgher Brewing. They're delicious too. So here we go. It's actually my first one. I haven't had one yet. Um, so. Hey, so guess what? Guess what? I'm early next year. I might be coming to guest speak at the Center for Spiritual Living in Baltimore. When I do that, nice. if you guys in town, let's definitely try and Absolutely. make a live we'll, show happen. We'll do a live show in, at Union Brewing. There you go. All right. Who so become our sponsors by then. Um, all right. They say that scars on our bodies tell a story. Do you have one you'd like to share? This could get dangerous. <laughs> like I open up the email from Brian and I'm like, dude, really? Like, okay. Do, um, I, do I want to share the scar or the story? Right, I thought that was right. tattoos. I thought it was tattoos in our bodies. Well, I story. did too. I thought it was, I was like, well, I can talk about my tattoos, but like. But technically so, tattoos are scars. There are scars, they but go it's through scars, the scarring process. Scars. Right. Well, does anybody have a scar, non-tattoo, let's start there, non-tattoo scar that has a story that you would like to share? I do. It's not, it's not an exciting story, but it's a story of, um, Kids, listen to your parents. I have a scar right above. I forget which eye it is. I can't see one of these eyes. I 
god, it's, it's been so long. I don't even remember it's there. For those of you who listened to the podcast, <laughs> Ogan just did the most amazing using the camera. The camera to look to look at my eyebrows to see. Somewhere above one of these eyes, I have a scar because when I was a, a young pup in my parents' uh, mom and pop grocery store, and I was running up and down the aisles, and she kept yelling at me not to do it. And obviously I did it and then I tripped and fell and the uh, concrete stairs broke my fall oh, God. on my head. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I blacked out or definitely concussion because right. I remember so, so vivid scenes. I can still remember seeing the step flying towards my head. <laughs> the next thing I remember is I'm being carried and they're screaming. The next thing I remember is I'm in the hospital waiting room. And the next thing I remember, and God love my parents, the next thing I remember is, okay, the bleeding stopped. Let's take it home, put some ice on it. Oh my God. <laughs> no, no stitches, nothing. That, that was it. I don't know how long I was there. No, no concussion no, protocol. No concussion protocol, nothing. But questionable for next week's game. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. They were just like, all right. I guess I hit a, I guess I hit a, a vein or artery up there, so it was a lot more. Bl- the, the the amount of blood really betrayed. <laughs> I don't know what I hit up there, but there was a lot of blood apparently that well, freaked them wounds, out. Head wounds gush. Like, yeah, they gush. So I was no a gusher. Way, there's no soft tissue for it to go, so it right. comes out. You know. So I think when the bleeding finally stopped, and then they realized, oh. That's a tiny little thing. Ah, we take care of that ourselves. Oh, God. Sure, yeah. mm, so, I think that's that's my scar story. Good parenting. Good parenting. There you go. Um, so, as we speak, I, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I I, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on our on our, on the show a couple weeks ago. Uh, I burned the crap out of my foot uh, while making my kids spaghetti. Um, as I was draining the noodles, uh, more of the water ended up on my foot than in the Ouch. strainer and got like a third degree burn on my foot. Ooh. So that's, that's my current scar. Um, I also have two pencil related scars. Um, so what on, uh, when I was, I, I guess, elementary school, like late elementary school, like there was this thing that kids did where like you use an eraser to, and you did the eraser on your skin until you broke skin and like it's not like a scar scar it's definitely a discoloration you have to be looking for it i can definitely see it um and then the other one was like i had a sharpened pencil and and i don't know why i just kind of like was i i had i had emotional problems and i'm in therapy now um but you know just kind of like jabbing and like so i have a scar where like a very sharp pencil tip went down into my it went down into my hand so uh yeah like i said doing much better now um <laughs> good good, good. Much, you, no, much much less self-harming do we need to hide do we, do we still need to hide the pencils <laughs> what's going on there good now now the he problem switched is, the pens. now the problem is the leaving pens. leaving pens in my pocket that explode when they're in the laundry oh yeah there's that um like i have i mean i have a few scars oh i have a scar um my sister tried to stab me in the heart Wow. No, here, Ogan, I'm gonna I'm gonna top you. Okay. I'm sorry. I think you already did. Your sister tried to stab you in the heart. Okay. So so I I, I can't show you where it is because it's in the underboob part. But you know, like there's a it's tiny now. But um my sister and I were fighting and we and she 
we were fighting and she had scissors in her hand pointed pointing part out way this way and she let go of her hand and they went right into my chest right and so i i was in the second grade and i ran into the bathroom and you know i do like i thought i was in trouble right because you know you just as a kid you assume you're in trouble whether or not it's your fault right like make that assumption um, so I went and I remember I grabbed this like wad of toilet paper and it was wet and I just like held it, you know, and like I looked down and it's red, like the whole thing's red within like seconds, right? right. My sister goes and gets my mother. My mother drives me to the doctor's office and I'm sitting in the waiting room at the doc at the pediatrician's office, Right. And um, I get back and I go back to the doctor and the doctor like sees it and they, they look and they do all this stuff and they stop the bleeding. And then he's like, excuse me, Miss Knopfsinger, can I talk to you in the hallway for a minute? And like, I'm still scared, like I'm in trouble, right? And I hear the doctor out in the hallway yell at my mother for bringing me to the doctor's office and not the ER. (laughs) Because I was stabbed in the heart. (laughs) There you go. Good good parenting. Or not calling an ambulance. Like he was like, do you understand that this came a fourth of an inch from piercing her heart and she could have died and you drove her in your car like she was a nuisance to the doctor's office. Wow. So I have that scar. So good parents. Mostly both, on both on physical my- and emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two 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 levels of scar. But I love I love how we are the generation where whether we were the perpetrator of the violence or we the, were the bleed-in victim, either way, we thought we were getting in trouble. Oh, we yeah. were in trouble. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Oh, yeah. Like we were in trouble. Yeah. It was it, you were gonna get it beaten no matter what. No matter what you did. No matter what you did, you, you could literally could have been stabbed in the heart and you would be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. That's real. But I, you know, I, I was I was saying this in the pre-show. Like I I think that, you know, this this question is scars on our body, but of course, like we get into this so the thing about wounds and the thing about healing is sometimes physical, right? And sometimes, mm-hmm. most of the time, at least for me, now I don't have a chronic illness or chronic pain, but is is emotional or is spiritual even, right? So it's been said that time heals all wounds. Like, now the three no. of us here has seen some shit. You know, let's not lie. And and is and do we find that statement true or no? It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Time and a shit ton of work heals right. all wounds. Right. <laughs> that's 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 where it is. Cause you could you can sit and intentionally stew and hold a grudge and be hateful. Um all these things and there's and and there's no there's no healing of the emotional spiritual wounds so you you can you can intentionally keep that wound open so i think it's a combination um you can you can also do a lot of work right off the bat but healing is not necessarily going to happen instantaneously so i think it's time and a shit ton of work and then 
we can we can we can maybe start talking about wounds being healed. You seem to disagree. Well, I it's not that I disagree. I actually I actually agree with most of what Ogan said, but I I think that healing and not to give too much away for the next question, I think that healing often the way that we talk about healing often mean uh, comes across as uh, the pain goes away and we are never thinking about it again and it's out of our mind. And so often healing is actually, particularly when we're talking about emotional and spiritual wounds, um, healing is really just about the coping mechanisms that we develop to live with the, the injury. And, and so it's, it's, and is, is that a form of healing? Absolutely. But I don't think it necessarily makes the pain go away. I think it's often about what are we doing to cope with the pain? You know, we go to those places where first we're self-medicating, then, you know, we are seeking help and getting work done, doing work. Um, and then we kind of, those, those coping mechanisms can become second nature, but we also know in those times when we're, when we're tired or when we're angry or even sometimes just hungry, um, those coping mechanisms can slip away and those wounds can feel like they're open to fresh. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I struggle with that sometimes. My, my definition of healing is making peace with. Mm. It's, not, it's not forgetting. I, it's not necessarily not even it, it triggering hurt later. It's, it's, it's about when it, when it comes up in your memory or in your psyche or even, you know, in, in your muscle memory, mm. it's, it's no longer a place where whatever it brings, um, uh, is debilitating. It's triggering your anger. It's right. triggering acting out. You've 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 come to a place of learning how to live with this thing that that happened in your life. Um, however, way you do that to your point, um, Derek. Um, but no, uh, healing is not about forgiving. Um, when we talk about physical illness, illnesses, I always draw the distinction between uh, that definition of healing and curing, um, mm-hmm. which are, which are also two distinctly different things that's um, good yeah because unity unity was founded on uh on urban legend has it a curing experience um our co uh, the co-founders were a husband and wife team and the wife had was diagnosed with tuberculosis back in the late 1800s which was practically a death sentence and through you know a, affirmative prayer and meditation she um healed herself cured right. herself of of, of this tuberculosis, the mind over matter sort of uh, experience. So, so the, the so this term healing has been thrown around a lot, and it's very confusing and sometimes frustrating for people in a spiritual experience. No matter what it is, you know, you read the Gospels of Jesus healing and um, all of this, and 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 how come all this prayer didn't get rid of the cancer? How come all this prayer didn't do X Y Z? And that's where I say to folks: there's a difference between healing and curing. You're never going to be cured unless you are healed. You've made peace with it, and healing is no guarantee you will be cured. And by the way, we all won't die, so get over it. <laughs> well, that's pastoral care 101. <laughs> we're all going to die, so, you know, so get over it. Life's a bitch, and then we die. Like, well, so I've so I've I've been um, so I've been in 
regular, what we call talk therapy, right? For years and years and years. And also, you know, meditation and spiritual practices. And, and this, in the last month or so, I've been seeing um, a somatic therapist who is about body trauma and about body work. Because what I was finding was as I, I went as far as one can go, right, which isn't curing, but as far as one can go in terms of dealing with trauma in my life um, mentally, thinking through it, right? I can, I can talk about it without reliving it, you know, desensitizing, all those kind of things. And yet my body remembers. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, and the more we read about trauma or learn about grief or whatever, you know, it's all related, right? Mm-hmm. The more we understand that the body is, is holding this in its memory, um, whether or not we like it, right? I mean, it, in a lot of ways, that sounds like it's a terrible thing, but in a lot of ways it saved us, right? We were, continue, right. We were able to continue living when we shouldn't have been able to because our body held this for us. So I am trying to release, like release that trauma from my body. And, and there, we're still learning, obviously, but there are ways to do that physically and, and then retrain, right? A trigger response or things like that. And, and so there's part of this that's like, all of that takes time. Mm-hmm. There is a time piece to this, right? I, I am a person that's like, okay, I found my problem and I want it fixed and I want it fixed right now, right? Like, right. let's do this. And, and that's just not possible <laughs> when you're talking about healing. Like healing does take a lot of time, um, but that doesn't mean time cures it, right? Like, like you just said, right? Yep. Time doesn't even necessarily, time isn't the only factor in the healing. Um, it is it is something that takes time, but I don't, I don't know how to say that differently. So what we should say instead of time heals all wounds, what you say is the healing of wounds takes time. Yes. Like you, and a shit ton of work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, to be honest, it's, it's not about the time. Yeah. And, and the work isn't, it's not always the same, which is part of what's hard about it. Right. Like right. it's, it's not nearly all the same. Um, um, who is this? Hippocrates. Hippocrates. All I can see is hypocrites. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I do not have my glasses on, and all I could read was hypocrites. Sure, sure you've sure you've maxed out that talk therapy. <laughs> <laughs> hypocrites say some, some stuff going on there. <laughs> Hippocrates says. <laughs> The natural healing force within each one of us is the greatest force in getting well. The natural healing force in each one of us is the greatest force in getting Agreed. 100%. So the natural healing force. So what is that? It's our, it's, it's, it's our mind. It's our mind. It's, it's every, this, this is the basis of every placebo experiment we've ever done. We not we're not gonna heal, make peace with, get better, whatever. We're not gonna do it. I think truly, unless we really believe that we will, mm. and and that we can. I think belief has a lot to do with it. So yeah. And I would I would add to that. I think it's our will. It's not just our minds. It's our will. Yes. It's our, agreed. It's our, it's our setting. It's our setting the intention 
that, like you said, that we're going to, we're going to get better. And, and I abs- absolutely agree with you that that's why placebo effect. Uh, that's why the, pl- that's why placebos work. Um, it's because the mind, the mind says that um, we are on the road towards healing and the mind begins the journey. Um, it's also why for, uh, I believe it's also why people who um, have regular spiritual practices, including prayer and meditation, have better medical outcomes. And that's been, that's been proven. Like that's, that's not just a thing that religious folk like to throw around. Like that is science, like doctors have done experiments around it's, that. It's, it's been researched. We got, we got, it's, it's we got the numbers. We got numbers on this. And, and in fact, in my work around HIV, the, a lot of the work that's happening now is people trying to connect with the faith community, understanding that the, the connection to a spiritual community is a lot of what, you know, when you see people who are thriving with HIV, that connection to a spiritual community is a lot of what improves the, the diagnosis. So I think that that natural force within us is, is our will. Uh, and, and it's the will to live and it's the will to thrive. It's the will to have a quality of life. Yeah. So that's where I was going to say, like, um, the greatest force in getting well, like, where does the community play in that, right? This, if you take this statement alone, so I, you know, I used to, I used to say this, right? That like, there are certain things in the world I can't will into existence, right? So when I was struggling to have children, I couldn't, I couldn't just wish it enough for it to happen. Like, right. And, and, and maybe there was not, maybe there was obviously some healing that needed to be done. And so, but I think that it, 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 maybe it is the greatest force that what you just talked about, but that, you know, we have equal amounts of studies of, of relational aspects mm-hmm. in healing, right? Yeah, and there's some things, there's some things, so while, while we got mind and the will, there's all, what also plays a big factor is non-attachment and release. So, you know, to, to go along with your story, you know, countless stories of couples who try to have kids, try to have kids, it ain't happening. They go adopt something, they go adopt something, someone, a baby. They go, they go, they go, they go, all right, there's no come back from that one. They go, they go adopt a baby, right? And right, yeah. and and they've let go of the pressure that sure. And, and then boom, all of a sudden they're pregnant. Yep. And they're yeah. like, and we can't send back the first one. So what do we do now? Okay, and they wouldn't want to, Ogan. <laughs> They can't send back. You know, you know. Oh, listen, we've had our own child now. We don't, you, mommy and daddy don't love you anymore. You know they've thought about it. Oh my you, you god! Know no, they've thought, I'm, no, they haven't. Oh good. Don't you oh. know I'm kidding? Don't take me of seriously. You're Come on. But I, 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 I know. I don't know. I no. I think. I think. What's that, the ABV on this, Shani? It's supposed to be. Shani's supposed to be weaker. I don't know what's happening here. So I sure blame the beer. So there's okay. So that I I. I think what this quote does lean well to is, you know, Derek, you talk about the, the will and I don't think you mean it this way. Right. But like, this is not the natural healing force within us is not control. Right. It's no. not about control. No. In fact, Ogan, you just named it, right. Yeah. It's about the opposite. Yeah. Right. right. 
that our, our will to survive and our will to live is something inerrant. And I think that's what this is getting to, that there's something beyond us that wills us to survive, yeah. that wills us to live, which is why children are so resilient, right? Like there's, there's this, this force to use her language, right? Or his language, the natural healing force within us to get, to right. get past whatever is harming us, you know, to survive it. Um, I think children are just more resilient because they, they, they haven't been damaged enough by adulthood to know any different. <laughs> so. Well, there, yeah, there's an inerrant hope. I mean, even the ones that yeah. are extremely damaged from the beginning, yeah, who absolutely. Have, you know, who don't, there's, there's just a, um, there's just an ability to hope that we as adults struggle with, um, I, that may come with the ticking of time, but you know, whatever. So we compare that statement with Elizabeth uh, Krubler Ross's. Krubler. Uh, Krubler. Did you say Krubler? Kubler. 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 How do you read? <laughs> y'all, well, apparently maybe, I can't. So. <laughs> maybe y'all shouldn't be in the same room. <laughs> I know. That's what I said. <laughs> sure you do. Pretty sure. Well, our anniversary, by the way. So this oh, well. oh, oh, wow. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Healing does not necessarily mean to become physically well or able to get up and walk around again. Rather, it means achieving a balance between the physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual dimensions. That's what I said. Make peace with. So, right. So, I mean, I, but that goes... <laughs> that's what I meant. That's that's what I meant when I said make peace with. But that's exactly that's exactly where I was going. Yeah. And, and, the, and the next part of this, of like what role does prayer play in in healing like i think is part of that surrender right that we were talking about like and how you define prayer that's a whole that's a whole other podcast but well but i mean sure but, but i i think this this idea of um community the idea of relationship the idea of surrender the yes you know there's a reason why there is a higher power is the first of the 12 steps right like yes this this something beyond ourselves that is that is helpful um in all of this conversation um and again like whether or not you know i, I have family members that that are humanists and they believe in the greaterness of the human race which i'm like i do not have, trust that pe people that much but whatever <laughs> okay then <laughs> Do, do what you got to do. But, but even that, right? Even that is a signifier of like, I am not the say all end all. How do you, how do you preach on that? That I don't trust people? Yeah. I preach on that easily. I'm a Calvinist, dude. I can preach on that all day okay, long. Point, point taken. Point there's, taken. There's theology, all kinds of theology to back oh, me yeah, up. That's on hilarious. That. That's hilarious. So I, I think. Trust God, not people. Right. T-shirt, right. T-shirt. I think that um, Ross's quote doesn't contradict Hippocrates at all. Um, I think those things go together, that the idea that, that what healing looks like is balanced between your physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual dimensions, and that is something that we find internally. Um, I also think, so, and I'm going to say something that would... Again, like Ogun, we've talked again about our, uh, our, our, our fundamentalist backgrounds. Um, cool. I'm, I'm going to say something that would get me kicked out of a lot of places in my, from my past. Bring it. I think that 
a person knowing they're being prayed for does more good than people praying. Agreed. I think I, that I think there's stats on that too. <laughs> and, and there probably yeah. there probably is research on that as well. I, I you know I don't know that I think prayer does something for us personally. Um, I don't know that my praying for someone necessarily does something for them. It does something for me. I Agreed. think that knowing though that there's a community of people who are who are praying for you. I think does amazing things for people's um, for people's health. And again, right when we talk about social determinants of health, and we talk about faith communities being a part of of the healing process for people, I think it's that understanding to go back to your point of what the communal aspect of this is. Um, I think that idea that there's a community of people who loves me, who cares for me, who wants me to do better. I think that can become an incredible motivator for that will to live to kind of kick in the high gear and 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 make healing happen. Okay, but I, I don't yes. And not <laughs> yes, and. yes and right. I I actually was thinking about this um earlier that in the role that I've been in for years and years, I as a pastor there have been very few times where people have actually um, prayed for me in my presence. Mm -hmm. Like I do, I do the praying, right? I'm the professional prayer. Mm -hmm. And the times that we have like, so at home, I don't pray, right? Derek prays because, because, <laughs> because he's the man of the house, Ogan. No, like, <laughs> I, I think we found our post-show discussion. Right. Because <laughs> I, I, I want to get into that some more. <laughs> so, no, but, but so we, um, Derek prays because it is, it is a moment for me to experience prayer without having to lead prayer. Yeah, you off, you're off the clock. I'm off the clock, right? Like, and, and so there's this element of, you know, very few times does somebody actually, I mean, I do for parishioners when they're in the hospital or, you know, when there's a reason to literally pray for them specifically, but just experiencing prayer that someone else is leading. And I don't want to diminish that. I think that, um, so like, yes, whether or not, um, the person that we prayed for on Sunday morning that has cancer actually knew, which I mean, part of the reason why we give somebody a postcard to send them and say, we prayed for you is for that, right? We want yeah. them to know so that that Absolutely. does something, but maybe they don't want my prayer, but I need to give it. Right. And sure. so I, I might give that anyway. And I think that personal, like you just said, that affects me and that's fine. But being in the midst of prayer, I think is important. Um, I, I think there's an element there that is healing and good and right, you know? Well, I think, I think prayer in and of itself um, is transcendence. And I think that in and of itself is good. It's the acknowledgement of a higher power. It's the acknowledgement of us being connected to something larger. And so that in and of itself, being in the presence of other people acknowledging 
God and God's existence and God's presence among us, I think there's something super healing about that. Um, I think there's something um, comforting. I think there's something uh, nourishing. I think there's and and unifying and unif absolutely unifying. And again, it's and you know I think you know I keep coming back to this lately. I think that the biggest thing that one of the biggest things we struggle with in 21st century America is loneliness, and that that being in a community of people who are praying to the same God. Um, is unifying in a way that makes you feel like, okay, for this hour that I'm here on Sunday morning, I'm not alone in this. Right. I think that is absolutely healing. Yep, absolutely. I totally had a thought. <laughs> I think you totally lost it. There we go. Moving on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to come back to it eventually, but here we go. Will wow. you though? Will you I though? Was, I was entranced by your profile. <laughs> wow, okay. No, it's totally gone now. Um, all right, what, so now we're switching from prayer. What does adequate healthcare coverage look like to you? And do you imagine that improvements to our healthcare coverage can happen best at the public or is he did he miss so, so I just, his <laughs> campaign question <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like it needs to be acknowledged that like we need to have a talk with Brian like, <laughs> I mean like that was such a big jump that was huge prayer to adequate health oh my gosh listen he's and having then, a... like, but, and then the next question is an even bigger jump so like right. there's that Okay. Oh, he's, well. he's he's having us do his work for him, exactly. and, I, and I think we need to start billing him, oh my <laughs> billing <God>. his campaign. <laughs> like, so, so I do remember what I was going to say. So luckily, that nice segue. Okay, I I think that's a whole other topic that we'll maybe eventually, but not on this show. Okay. So what I what I happen to think of in this is so we, it's most of the prayer we were just talking and the healing we were just talking about was for people that I assume we love, we know, we care for, or our acquaintances of people we love, we know, we care for, right? Where this gets hard is Jesus calling us to pray for our enemies, right? Where this gets hard is loving kindness meditation, right? When I have to imagine someone, something good happening to someone who really has wronged me or- What are you talking about? I pray for Trump every day. <laughs> That he, you know, bend to your will. <laughs> but, but again, I think that comes back to the, the place that prayer primarily is, is for us. Prayer, prayer changes us. When we pray for our enemies, that softens our heart. That, that reminds us of the humanity of the person that we don't like. Well, what it does, if, we, if, if we're doing it right, is it gets us to the place of realizing we don't have any enemies. We don't. No, we, we, we don't. We don't have, we don't, ultimately, we don't have any enemies. Ultimately, you might have a list, and you might, you might call it your enemy list, but ultimately, we don't have enemies. All we have are reminders of our shadow. All we have are invitations of, uh, Invitations that we, we ultimately don't have any enemies. We're we're all in this together. We're all on this planet. We all we all surviving or we all dying. There really ain't no enemies. People are assholes. Right. So 
I mean, this. I'm not denying that. I'm, so, doesn't mean there are enemies. We we can be assholes too. You think of the three of us, none of us have had asshole moments? Oh, no. 100%. No. I'm, I'm on somebody's list somewhere. Oh, sure. exactly. Oh, 100%. Nope. So this actually does lead us a little bit to the last question. I don't know where this healthcare, like, I mean, I get it, but you know. And I, I, Derek and I, I, I'm not sure that we want to talk too much into this. I'll leave that up to you guys. Like, whatever. Um, but I do think the, like, so why don't you read the question? Since I'm in so terrible at reading questions. Um, Happy anniversary. So, so the question here is, what was your reaction to Brand Jean hugging Amber Geiger? She was the police officer who shot and killed his brother, Botham, Botham when she accidentally entered his apartment thinking accidentally. it was Accidentally. And this is, in, this is in Houston, in case anyone's been living under a rock and don't know what we're talking about. Does his willingness to forgive her reflect the heart of the gospel to you? In what day, ways does it potentially perpetuate racial injustice? So I, I need to say a few things, right? Okay. I just go for it. I need to that's, say a few things. That's why she had you read the question so uh, she could jump in with the answer. So that she could load up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, okay, I just need to say a few things. So, first off, I had to take a social media sabbatical for the weekend because of this, right? And I, I just need to name, even before we even talk about this, that this was a private moment that none of us have any damn business about, right? And I also need to say that Brant Jean is 18 years old and that he was 16 years old when his brother was killed. So even as we're talking about this and before we demonize um, what he did or praise what he did, I think that we need to remember that he's a kid. And I just need to say that because my where my heart truly breaks besides this killing, this murder of this man who that, that is that is just never should have happened, where my heart truly breaks is that this poor kid out for whatever act, whatever made him in that moment hug this woman, can't win. Right? He he like internet wise and he will carry that around for the rest of his life. So I just I kind of need to name that out loud before we discuss. I have zero problems with him hugging that woman. I, I love it. It's beautiful. If for no other reason, then I hope it really demonstrates that he is not walking around with this anger eating him out for the rest of his life. He's, he, for me, that was healing. He, he's, he's come to a place of peace that he can walk up and hug this woman. Justice was served in some ways um, for it. Where I have the problem is the judge hugging her. <laughs> like, that's that's where I take issue. Sure. I got all kinds of problems with that, but that wasn't really part in the question. Yes, I think it does reflect the heart of the gospel. Forgiveness also does not mean the person does not get consequences for their actions. Okay, well, and, and sometimes and we, want, we want to make forgiveness about that. Right, extending forgiveness doesn't mean he is healed, right? Or that he has extending an act let me put it this way extending an act of forgiveness doesn't mean he is over this in any way oh no not not right? at all but he's he got to be embodying some... the gospel in that moment right, right. that is okay. something like this is where i came down is like for whatever reason but some 
What I see in that is he needed to do that for himself, right? Like I need to know that I am this person and that I'm going to live out my values. Whether or not I, like he is, like I hope he is righteously angry, right? Not in a way that eats him alive, but I hope right. he is righteously angry. Exactly. Like his mother clearly was. His his mother's comments clearly were, and that yeah. that's right. That's good. I mean, not good in a, you know, but no, it, it 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 is right. Righteous anger is is not the same kind of anger that that eats us up. Righteous anger is is the catalyst that that gets us off the couch to go right. make some palpable change in the world. I'm I'm a hundred percent for that and I think him 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 extending that that piece of forgiveness is 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 to your point demonstrating, you know, I'm 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 on the healing journey. I'm I'm I've had two years to deal with this and yeah, you need to go jail and at the same time I'm not gonna let anger and hatred consume me otherwise then there's two of us dead. Exactly. Yeah. Do you wanna add? So <clears throat> I have to I have to first speak to the first thing that Shannon said, um, which I 100% agree with and will actually take farther. Um, there's something actually really gross about us talking about this. And I, I like, yeah. I, it, 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 it just is what it is. There's something just kind of. No, I, I in no way want to per- perpetuate this conversation um, to be honest. And so, so let me, let me talk about a situation that I, I know about. Um, my, my half brother, my older brother, my older sister are half brother and half sister. Um, their father was a police officer. Um, he was walking home uh, after duty one day with, with um, his other daughter, one of his other daughters and uh, was, was killed. Uh, was was shot dead. Um, my sister, some years later, went to visit the young man who killed her father in jail, and told him that she forgave him. And it, you know, this wasn't public. You know, I think that's part of that's part of what's so gross about this situation and the way that it's been has been very public when this is a very very private thing um but her and talking with her about this it was about the fact that as as has been mentioned earlier she she couldn't live with the hate she had to let it go for her to move on with her life for her to find peace in her existence for her to be able to find for her to be able to love other people, to accept other people, she had to be able to do that work of, of forgiveness in herself. And, and you know, my, my brother hasn't gotten there, still hasn't gotten there. Right. Um, and, you know, this was, this was 20 some years ago. Um, and, I, and like, and, and I, don't, I don't feel that he has to get there. And I, I think that's, you know, both responses are okay. And I think we have to be able, sometimes we have to be able to live with the nuance that the, the angry response, and I'm, I'm never going to let go of this anger because this anger 
for my brother, it motivates him to, it's the, it's the anger that motivates him to continue to be a good father for his kids. For my sister, the anger was, was a millstone around her neck. And I think we have to be able to live with the nuance that the ways that we respond to anger, particularly in incredibly emotional situations, um, has to be personal, has to be varied. There's no one size fits all look for forgiveness, look for uh, moving forward in these kinds of situations. And I, I just feel... I just feel awful for this young man that that this this thing was was um, public both publicized and politicized in the way that it was because he was I'm assuming he was acting from an impulse of trying to heal. That's what you know right. to kind of bring it full circle. He was yeah, acting agreed. from an impulse of trying to heal and and. He's 18 right. and is not going to know and is not, and he's a male. So like, he's really not cognitively formed yet. Um, so like, he's not cognitively formed. He's not emotionally formed. Like those things just haven't he, happened for an 18 year old. Right. And so in this vulnerable position, this vulnerable state, we're going to sit back and judge what he would do in that moment. I just think is, is just so incredibly unfair to him. And I, 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 like, I honestly have never, and, and this is amazing to say, um, but I've never been more disillusioned by social media than I have been by watching this story. Yeah. And, and asking him, because that's what a lot of the, a lot of our progressive friends, right? Their uncomfortableness with this is we have to stop asking black people to forgive white people immediately. We have to stop asking the African-American community to forgive the white community immediately. He's not, I mean, th that to me, it just pulls back. And, and that comes from, from white and black people, progressives alike. Like, he doesn't understand that. That is not what he was doing in that moment, right? Now, sure. maybe he was doing it unconsciously. It doesn't matter. Like, that conversation needs to wait for another day. And I don't really care about you. Like, um, as we're talking about this, I don't really care about your opinion on the hug. It's none of my damn business. Right. You know? And, and I get why people say, oh, this restores my hope. This goes back to last week's show when Gray talks about the little white boy and the little black boy running together and hugging, right? We, we love to see these moments and we celebrate them and we say, oh, that's how the world should be. Well, then go out and make the world that way. You know, stop, stop over-politicizing the right. moments where we captured this on video. Um, and it was unfortunate. And, and, and part of the reason I think it rolled out the way it did is because the, the shooting happened as an example of of a bigger issue. Right. So the, so the shooting was, 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 it may not have happened or that's the narrative. This shooting probably wouldn't happen if we weren't having all these racial tensions, stereotypes, all that sort of thing. So now everything that happens around that case is in that context. And unfortunately, so is this when, when to your point, again, what we're seeing is a, is a, is a moment is, right. is a, is a very personal very human slash humane moment by one individual towards another that's totally separate from the bigger 
context, but we, but we drug it into that bigger context. Right. Because, and I think part of this is, again, to your point, one group of people say he should not have done that. You know, that's not, he should have been happy and, and rejoicing that she got this prison sentence. And by the way, it's not long enough and more injustice, you know, and then we have the other side saying, oh, look, he's, he's, he's an example and a model to follow of what forgiveness looks like, et cetera, et cetera. And we can all weigh in on our judgments and opinions, either neither here or there. And let's not forget, again, to bring it full circle, we're dealing with the pain and healing of, you know, a mother who's lost a son, a brother who's right. lost a brother, and a woman for all various sort of reasons is imprisoned right. and committed a crime that I'm sure on some level or the other, I'm going to assume is weighing on her a little bit because she, she didn't roll into that court looking all like, you know, this don't mean nothing to me. Right. So Well, and, and that's to me where, again, I wasn't there and it wasn't my job to be there, but even with the judge hugging, I, I'm not saying she's truly repentant and what real grace and, you know, versus cheap grace and all the things that have been said, like something happened in that courtroom that a judge came down to hug her and then a man came over to hug like. Like, I, I don't, like, that to me is, it doesn't matter what the motivating factor was. You know, like Derek said, if, if his sister wants to go out and share that story, that is her story to share. Yeah. You know, if he wants to, like, he could have hugged her so that he never had to see her again, right? It's all like, O.J. Simpson's fault. I mean. Because <laughs> from, from the top, that was, that was the first, wasn't it? The first nationally- publicized live yeah. celebrity murder trial. And from then on, it's like, we, we got to get in on the action. Right. You know, I think, I think that, that was, a, that was one of the, when you talk about like the true descent of society, like touchstones, that was one of them right there. That, that trial should never have been public. Never. No. And, and getting the hashtag ratings. <laughs> <laughs> like getting getting back to the healing and the scars and right getting back to that for a minute like it's it's been two years which is nothing nothing in loss and grief right nothing, nothing. Nope. and and this sentence this jail sentence is just the beginning of a new wave of grief mm -hmm. and then in a few years when she gets out there's going to be another wave of grief mm -hmm. that happens for this family so none of this is a single snapshot, right? No, it's, it's not. No, no, this is not over. And, Never. And, no, and time is, it, and this is where time, you know, this, this time heals all wounds. Like if something just happened and it was a flash in a pan, right? And then there was time, but that's not what happens. Like we get re-triggered to that flash. We have memories of that flash. Things come up like, you know, her trial and now her sentencing and then her getting parole hearings and like all of that's going to be re-traumatizing as this goes forward. So healing isn't linear, you know, it, it just doesn't occur that way. And, and like we think time does and all of that. So, so I, what we need to say is wounds heal in a nonlinear fashion over time with a shit ton of work in privacy. <laughs> and sometimes with community that, that is with community that, support you're welcome not going to fit on a bumper sticker <laughs> i've seen bumper stickers a lot more big big yeah. font small font small font i don't think 
healing should fit on a bumper sticker. Well, <laughs> but, but and and so I will just I will just the only thing that I read that morning that the sentencing happened that I agreed with is a friend of mine posted the question, and this was a black woman posted the question. What does it say about our culture that someone losing 10 years of their life is considered too lenient? There's that too. I mean, like, yes, I, I get it in terms of precedent. Yeah. Like, and and that's, that's a larger conversation about our justice system, but it's still 10 years of her life. And that's a long time. That's a yeah. Long, I mean, like I like look at the last ten years of my life. Ten years is a long time. And the way and, that jail changes a person. And the way that jail changes a person. As, and a cop going to jail. And as a cop going to right. jail, that's going to be a long ten years. It is going to be. And and with us not really having systems of restorative justice that will allow this woman to re-enter in a way that is healthy. And, and actually will make us as a society say that her debt truly is paid. So it's, it's, it's all real messy and, and, and gross. And it is, and not to also let her entirely off the hook. Cause apparently she said some things in her well, well, in, listen, in her past. So, I, so, I so hopefully the jail time will, will, you know, give her some time to think about that too. It sounds like she wasn't, she was not a gem of a human, but no, no. And, and yet, you know, to, to your point of us not having us having no enemies, like she is a human right? and, and deserving of dignity and deserving of, of opportunities to be restored to community and our system just does not allow for that. And, and so is this kid, right? Yep. This kid shouldn't walk around for the rest of his life having his community say, you should have never hugged that woman. Absolutely. Right? Like, Agreed. Like none of this, and again, like, but, you know, they need to be able to move on in life in the best way they can, in any way that they can. And hopefully they're, I mean, maybe not hopefully, but for the sake of, of their own peace, if it's possible and, and balance and healing in the world, that they do find a way to pray for each other, you right. know, and maybe that's the way it should be. Any last words, friends? So what was our, what was our final decision? I, I think we really should get this in a bumper sticker. Wounds heal. <laughs> Wounds heal non-linearly over time with a shit ton of work in private with community support. Yeah. There you go. There, there we go. Trademark. And I think that, that should be see. the name of the episode. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, Adiria, Adiria, Adiria. I'm actually going to turn it into an acronym. W W T. Do I need to be writing this down? I'll do it in editing. Not enough. Not enough vowels. Need more vowels. Need need more vowels. Oh my goodness! All right, friends, connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. Rate us at any of those places. Watch us on YouTube or IGTV. Um, to find or to create a pub theology in your town, look for information at pubtheology.com/directory. 
And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.